0: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to The Cooksley Combo, Season 3, Episode 8. In today's episode, I sat down with UFC's own Bilal Muhammad, number 12th in the welterweight division with a record of 17-3. and Now, how I even got this, this conversation to become a thing is a couple weeks ago, Bilal has his own kind of show on YouTube Called remember the show and it's a, it's a game show comes on people come on for trivia former or current fighters and for this certain episode he was bringing on fans to do some some trivia and unfortunately he was about to close the episode so he said anybody in the waiting room which i was in can come on and ask him a question now i was the last one on on the show and i was like what can i what can i ask him and I asked him, "What do I have to do to get you on my podcast?" And he says, "Well, I have a list of challenges right by, right by me. Pick a number, and you just got to do the challenge. And if you do the challenge, I will come onto your podcast." So I, I picked the family number, the lucky number three, and it was <laughs> swallow a raw egg. Now I don't like eggs, let alone raw eggs, so I was kind of contemplating whether it was worth it or not, but. I was always told say yes to everything. So I ran out to the kitchen, grabbed a raw egg. I don't know how to crack an egg, so I kind of found my way around that, cracked the egg, put it in the mouth, choked it down, and well, now we have an episode. So Bilal's a super cool dude, one of the funniest fighters in all of in all of UFC. And you can definitely see his personality kind of show throughout uh, our conversation. So I hope you guys enjoy enjoy this episode. It, it took a raw egg. So just remember that when you're listening. I will be back to my regular schedule hopefully next week, Sunday at 8 a.m. I hope you guys understand. Hope you guys are entertained. And I will be back next week you hear me yeah what's up
1: what up my guy
0: how's it how's it going
1: good just finished training
0: yeah i want to congratulate you you finally got a fight Yeah. i know <laughs> last year was kind of crazy for you
1: yeah i appreciate that man yeah you know i'm just happy uh it's the beginning of the year he's trying to start the year off uh early now so i can get at least three or four in there hopefully
0: yeah and, and how's training going everything going
1: healthy so far yeah. Yeah. Everything's going good right now. Just uh, now it's just because my, my last camp got set back because of freaking COVID. So it's like, this is basically two camps back to back. So you want to be smarter with it. You don't want to overdo it. So it's like, I was still already in pretty good shape. So now it's just like pushing the fight back a little bit more. You just want to be smarter and not overdo it and hurt your body.
0: And I bet you had your eyes on the fights last night. What would you think of the, of the card last night on ABC? That was kind of incredible.
1: Yeah, man that was really good that was uh some really good fights that max holly fight was amazing man he just he just levels up every every fight and it just like motivates you to want to go out there and put on a performance like that um i mean the 175 was pretty uh uh surprising i didn't think Lee Jingling would knock out uh you feel bad for him but it's like one of those where i tell people all the time like he was a huge favorite and you're sitting there talking about he's about to go fight for the title and yada 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 but like every fight's dangerous. Every opponent in the UFC is dangerous and it's four ounce gloves. All it takes is one punch. And like, you could be cocky all you want, but if that punch lands, you just go to sleep. It ain't nothing you could do about it.
0: And that goes for Buckley too. You know, after he, he landed that knockout last year and then going into this with, with all this hype around him saying he he's going on a run, that run got ended real quick.
1: Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's what I tell people, man. Sometimes, you create the highlight, and sometimes you are the highlight. Um, and for him, I just, I just felt like he was trying to rush it a little bit too much. Where, you know, he had a couple back-to-back knockouts, so then he felt that maybe he had to get some spectacular knockouts every fight. And sometimes you just got to be more patient. Like yeah, that was your, that was your fourth fight in the UFC. You should have been, a, you should have been more comfortable in there. You should have been more patient, seeing openings. Not the same guy that just bull rushes you every time. And once you do that same style over and over and over again, people are going to start reading that. This is UFC. People read that. They start finding ways to break you down. There's freaking amazing coaches out here nowadays. So, like, you'll, you'll be able to see those type of things. And there's nothing special about that style. It's literally he just bull rush you. It's not like you're going for a takedown. You know what he's going to do. He's going to open up wide with his punches. And even DC was calling it, like, yo, throw the, throw the high kick, throw the high kick, throw the high kick. And that's DC being a commentator just standing there, saying something that he just sees normally so imagine a coach that's training for you for eight weeks noticing that same exact style
0: yeah and and then the the, all the uh the other fight that we haven't mentioned was was the welterweight co-main that was a a a fight that i was you know i was waiting to finally see that happen and 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 carlos he came out there and performed both on the ground but also um you know up on the feet too so he kind of got it done and looked pretty really well for his last fight on the contract
1: yeah, yeah that, was a, that was a good fight. You know, two legends, You they always wanted to make that fight. You always wanted to see what would happen with that fight. And I felt like they put on a good performance. It was a good fight. Uh, Carlos showed that he's getting better with his wrestling. You know, he lost a couple back-to-back-to-back of, to back to back of just getting out-wrestled and out-muscled. But he looked good. But I think that he needs that, that uh, type of opponent, like the older guys, these young guns. They're trying to give him guys that are going to make their name off him. And then you say, oh, he lost it. But he's like... Dude, he's going against a twenty-year-old that's freaking hungry. There's like a bunch of hungry lions that want to make their name off you. So, give him guys like that. Give him a Diego Sanchez next, somebody like that, where he can get his, uh, make money for himself, and you know he doesn't need to be in those wars with these young guys anymore.
0: Yeah, and I think we're seeing a lot of that. You know, with Kevin Holland, he he got Jacare, and you know Jacare is great. You know, one of the great uh, uh, UFC legends, and then having Holland, a, a young superstar, on a streak going and do that to him, and then you know, people t- talking about, oh, is he, is, is Jacare, you know, is he out of it? Has he lost it? But that's just Holland, you, you know, young, fresh legs doing what he can do.
1: Yeah, exactly. You're, got, you're giving these older guys, these freaking young guys on huge streaks. But like I tell people all the time, once you get to that level where you're getting that type of paycheck, they're going to make you earn that paycheck. They're not going to give you no layups where you go out there and make a quick 200 grand and then you you don't, you're not getting hurt or anything like that. If they're going to pay you that type of money. They're going to give you those hard opponents and that's why you see guys like Wideman and stuff, where even though they're on a big streak, losing streak, they, were, they have they given them harder and harder opponents because like once you hit that tier of paycheck, they have to give them those hard names.
0: Mm-hmm. And we we kind of talked about the the main event with Max Holloway. I personally, I don't think that was cater that wasn't cater not showing up. That was just Holloway just owning the show. He owned every last bit of it. It was insane.
1: Yeah, he, he was another lover. He showed you why he was a champion for so, so long and why people consider him the GOAT of that division. And, like, I mean, it's one of those where you say a guy lost to the champ two times in a row, but you're like, what, is it, what could he do to earn it back? And he earned it with that one right there. And, like, he's one of those guys, you can just tell, he's, he's 29 years old and he's getting better every fight. So that, that's what the, the cool part is. A lot of people are thinking that he's freaking 40 years old and maybe he should retire now. And you're like, dude, this guy's still getting better.
0: And and his track record is incredible. You know, although guys all up and down 145, the, the dude's a beast at such a young age. He has so much Yeah, career Frankie Edgar,
1: all these guys. And he's mm-hmm. sitting there. The fact that he did that to Cater, like I was sitting there worried about it. I was like, man, Cater got power, he's tough. And he said out, he went out there and made him look made him look like uh like he shouldn't be ranked. So like mm-hmm. made him look like he still got a lot more things to do to to be in that title talk.
0: Yeah, and and Credit to Cater, dude. That dude has heart. I, that fourth round, when he was up against the fence, I was just like, that was a moment for me because he he's a, he's a former guest on, on my podcast. And I I've grown as a, a fan of his. And at that moment in that fourth round, I was just like, that's maybe you got to call it because I know he doesn't like, to, he, he's never been knocked out before, but at that moment, you just gotta worry about your health, worry about your
1: career. Yeah, you got to worry about the longevity and then life after fighting because, like, after that third round, you know, there was really nothing he could do. He was hitting him with some big shots in the first two rounds, but like Max Holloway was walking through those early. That was when Cater was at his best and his, his strongest. So I'm like, there's going to be no chance. And it's not like he was switching it up. Let me go for a takedown and he has some crazy ground game where maybe you could catch him at a submission or anything like that. No, it was all boxing, it was all stand up. And Max Holloway was winning that game. So there was no plan B for Cater. So at some point, as a coach, as a team, you gotta be like, all right, well, let's call this a wash, give it up, that's it, uh, go home, get it, get back on the, get back to the drawing board, know where we're at, and then change it up. So, but like, you know, you don't know what kind of a uh, long term effect it's gonna have on him. How long he's gonna be out? Those last two rounds, they they took a toll on him. And those wars, they break you down. Like if you have seen those wars with like Robbie Lawler and Johnny Hendricks, kind of, those guys were never the same after those wars with Robbie Lawler. And it's just one of those things where like, you never know how your body's going to react at some point, your body's like, yo, yo, I'm not taking these punches anymore. So like, I mean, he was tough as heck right there, but maybe the next fight, his body, his chin's not going to take that many punches. Yeah, for sure.
0: And this week's going to be crazy because we had that uh, yesterday, Saturday, and now Wednesday. I know you're going to keep your eyes on this one because it's a, you know, a welterweight main event. Who, who are you leaning for? Are you leaning for uh, a or a uh, Magni?
1: Um. Yeah. This is this is one of those good fights right there where it's it's, it's an exciting fight and it's a stylistic matchup. Where it's a lot of the fu- times Magny lost a couple of fights to guys that took him down and out muscled them on the ground. Um. And you had a couple of fights where Magny would get rocked on the feet, but he would out cardio guys. This is gonna be see, one of those who's gonna implement their game plan if Kiesa could take a knock. Kiesa's pretty big or anything like that. Hey, he's gonna go in there and do what he has to do to win the fight. He, he can take you down, lay on top of you. And break you down. But I think Maggie's going to be long enough and smart enough to to keep the distance and outpoint him. And I think he's going to end up winning the fight.
0: Yeah, I, I'm definitely excited for that one. And then to finally, you know, and to end off the crazy, the craziness, 257, everybody, you know, everybody's going to be having their eyes on it. McGregor, Poirier, you know, Khabib with, with the card yesterday, they announced that Khabib's going to be keeping his eyes on 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 the fight what's what's planning out but what do you think's going to happen mcgregor i i think he is truly you know he's he's one of the best but poirier is so much different from the first time they fought and i think yeah. he definitely has to keep an eye on that <laughs> yeah
1: it's well yeah you could you could i mean i think mcgregor is taking him seriously i don't think mcgregor is uh what's calling him looking past him, but it's one of those where mcgregor knows that if he wins this fight uh in this particular fashion this next one's going to be huge money. And he's one of those guys that works best under pressure. Like, he knew that if he was going to get the me by the fight. He knew that if he beat Aldo, he was going to get a champ-champ fight. You know, there's uh, – when it comes down to the pressure and stuff, he, he does his best and he performs his best. But um, it's one of those where, you know, Poirier also, like, once you once a guy beats you like that and get knocked out, like, you have a different type of hunger, a different type of uh, – uh, mental attitude in taking this next fight. So it's like that first fight, he let McGregor get into his head a little bit. He got knocked out. Uh he moved up. He's been 10 and 2 since that fight. I think where he's gonna come out and be a whole different fighter. Honestly, I can't really pick. I, I gotta watch a couple more fights between them too just because it's that far that fight's so far away, but it's like I don't want to make an early pick because anything can happen. Something could change and uh it could just change the whole outcome of the fight. Yeah,
0: and then the co-ma- co-main event, I'm excited for to see Chandler finally. Finally.
1: Yeah, that's going to be a, cool, a good one. That's, I think that's the perfect matchup for him, just to the, the show the UFC crowd what type of style he's going to bring. Uh, he's one of those guys that wrestles and can knock you out on the feet. And, you know, freaking Hooker is one of those guys that will stand there and bang with you, and he's tough as nails. So it's going to be one of those fights where we're going to see how tough Chandler really is. And if he underestimates Hooker, he'll get knocked out. But uh, if he comes out there, puts on a great performance, maybe that'll get Khabib to come back for him. Because if he goes out there, manhandles Hooker, beats him up, and then Khabib, hey, I never fought this guy before. Let me, let me try this guy out.
0: And the guy, a guy that's kind of fallen behind in the line is Oliveira. He absolutely destroyed Ferguson, and he's a monster on the ground.
1: Yeah, that's, like, that's a guy that I, I tell people all the time. I think he's going to be champion for a while. That, that's one of those guys, he's good everywhere. And his stand-up's good. His his grappling's good. And when you have grappling like that, that makes you unafraid to to do stuff standing up. You can throw flying knees, jumping kicks, because you don't care. Hey, you want to take me to the ground? Take me to the ground. And then he was usually one of those guys that broke mentally when the fights got tougher. But his last couple fights, he showed that he's grown a lot, and he's been a bit uh, a different fighter. And he's fought literally some of the best guys in the world. So he's been in there with all of them already, and this guy's still super young. That's Why I feel like he's going to be a freaking problem for anybody,
0: yeah. And, and that card this whole week is going to be insane. And then you know, we got some cards filling in, and then it's your time to shine. 258, we got Usman and Gilbert Burns planned,
1: yeah. That one's official, so uh, and that that also makes me want with this whole COVID thing, you never know what's going to happen, you know, it's like someday some guy in Day Wayans could catch something. And then all of a sudden I will need a new person to step in for a title fight. And I'm a great guy. So, uh, that motivates me even more to where I want to be in that type of shape where I could take that type of fight.
0: Yeah. And kind of, we, we talked about, you know, your year last year, talk about like the mental toll and physical toll it took on you because you said, you know, you were scheduled to fight early in the year, COVID happened. You finally got to, you made that fight up in, in June and then, your next two fights was it Sean Brady. And then, uh, now finally you're, uh, fighting. Is it, Lima. is it Diego Lima? Yes. Diego Lima. So, and then with all of that in Chicago, um, I, I was reading in a very interesting article about your, your dad's family business. It got, um, you know, broken into by, by protesters, the windows and everything. Just kind of talk about how crazy and how much 2020 tested you.
1: Yeah, 2021 was a crazy year. It's one of those where at the beginning of the year, you sit there and you have your uh, goals for the year. And one of my goals was to get into the rankings, get a ranked fights. So, like, I mean, I, I was able to to get that goal, but it's like, I, I, I want to be active. I'm a, I'm a fighter that loves to be active. So fighting one one time a year, but uh, everything I feel like is God's plan. Everything makes makes you tr- stronger, tougher. Um, even stuff that happened with my family, it just brought my family closer together. Uh made us open our eyes to different things and uh, like you never know everything happens for a reason so that's why I tell my family my brothers everybody like we all know that there's going to be something better coming from this and it's just going to make this year that much better for us when we've seen how much how far we've come so uh, I like to stay positive with everything I like to keep a positive side of everything so like I always see the the light at the end of every tunnel so like no matter what happened last year I know that my family's healthy that's the, that's what I'm grateful for I'm grateful we have a roof over our head. so like that's what we're happy for. That's what it just makes you more grateful for the little things that you notice that some people don't have where people are struggling hard out there. And especially in a time like this, where a lot of businesses are closing down just because they can't even stay open, uh, let alone people coming into the store. So like, uh, these are rough times for a lot of people, but it's like one of those where you want to keep everybody positive, keep people together. Cause if you're sitting there going online, complaining all the time, then negative energy just, just gets spread around. And you're like, I don't want to be that guy. I want to be that positive guy that gets people happy, gets people motivated and uh, just brings people together.
0: And, and that's something that I love about you. That's something I noticed right away is you can kind of separate yourself from like, you know, being yourself and then also being a fighter. Because when I, when I met, when, you know, when I got to talk to you on your, uh, on your uh, podcast on, on YouTube, I was really nervous. I was like, Oh God, like, do I even do this? Cause I didn't even know what I was setting myself up for. And then I got in there and you were, you know, treated me just like anybody else. And, you know, you're always funny, a a great dude. And that's just something that I don't think a lot of fighters are able to do. They just always are in that fighting mindset that they can never kind of separate, you know, going into the octagon and also just
1: living a normal life. Yeah, I appreciate it. You know, that's what I want to be. I don't want to be one of those guys where I want to be that guy when people meet you like, Oh man, you're a fighter. No way. Like, that's crazy. I always thought fighters were crazy or they were nuts or they were mean. And I'm like, no, we're not. The 90% of us are actually pretty cool guys. So it's like, uh, I don't want it, Like, I want to change that, uh, mentality that people think about fighters. And in general too, where like, even me, when I, with my show, cause I sit there and I go to, to guys DMs asking them if they want to come on the show. And I'm thinking like the same thing where I'm like, no, this guy's going to say, no, he's going to think he's too big. And then you're like, man, a lot of these guys are just super cool and they're, they're all super down to earth when you actually talk to them and a lot of 90% of the guys that I bring on the show big names and stuff like that 90% of them I don't I never met before in my life so like me messaging them and actually talking to them for the first time on the show it's just like super cool because I watch these guys I'm a fan so I like watching the the, the fights and the same way where you where your first impression is that's my first impression of them where I'm like dang these guys are super cool and I didn't expect that
0: yeah and you know even though I had to choked down a raw egg it was totally worth it um you definitely you know I was so excited because working in the UFC is something that I've always wanted you know to do um I've I've been trying to make connections and speaking with anybody I can and this podcast is kind of helping me with that but you know getting being able to talk to fighters because I just always think fighter stories everybody's story is different and I just love you know sitting back and listening to them
1: yeah, for sure, man. That's, that's the thing I, I, I tell people all the time where you don't need to have a, a big name or anything like that. Like you said, just take a chance, ask somebody and 90% of us will say yes. And it's like the small things like that, where if you're just kind and you ask in a, in a certain way, a lot of these guys will just say, yeah. And like you said, like you want to work for the UFC. So like, even if, whether you think, oh my, my show not getting that many views or this or that, it doesn't matter. Cause it's like, you're getting your time and you're meeting new guys. And that's just only going to help you in the long run where you're getting, when you actually do have to start interviewing people face-to-face and on camera in front of uh, ESPN or something like that, you never know. So like you'll, you'll have that time in already, and you'll be more comfortable doing it.
0: Yeah, for sure. And uh, Calvin Cater was the first one. And then I've started speaking to uh, Ariel Helani. Uh, Great dude. So far I've been talking to some pretty, you know, pretty cool nice generous generous dude and that's something i've i've noticed is you know on the screen they might seem like they're they're bad and dangerous but one-on-one they're they're just regular people and that's something that i've learned i need to need to treat people you know just like they're a regular person just like i am you know not like with this big uh, asterisk against their name yeah exactly
1: that, that was like one of the things too where even for me my first couple of shows I, I like think i need to be more professional but I feel like once I'm, when I'm more myself, it, it, like, makes the show flow better. And it makes me flow better where after the show, I'm not overthinking it. Like, man, I should have asked this or I should have asked that. I should have did, did this or I should have did that. Because I'm, like, one of those guys are like, oh, man, I, sh- I should have brought this up. Or, man, did I sound too uh, professional? That's not me. I don't want to be that guy. I want to be more comfortable and down to earth. But like I said, like, it's all about just getting your reps in. And that's what, like, John Annick always tells me all the time. That's pretty cool. Uh, of him, like he's always like, he'll watch the show and he'll tell me like, yeah, you need to do this more or that more, uh, keep it short or keep it simple like that. But he's like, when you're yourself, that's when you're at your best, and uh, like that stuff sticks with me.
0: Yeah, and that's something that it's it's crazy that you said it because that's with <laughs> me. You know, the more I I don't like really plan things, the better off the show. You know, an episode sitting down with somebody goes. Because when I overthink, then I just get in my head. And then, you know, I stutter and stuff like that. And that's something that I've started to pick up on. And I want to change, you know, every episode going forward.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. But uh, hey, my bad, bro. I got a meeting I got to hop into. But man, thank you for the time. I really appreciate it, brother.
0: Hey, no problem. Good luck on your fight in February. I'll definitely be watching. And hey, man, thanks for doing this.
1: Thanks, bro. Have a good one.
0: what's up guys i just wanted to hop back on here for a quick second and talk about something that i haven't really announced and that is a while back i created two accounts on twitter and instagram for the podcast twitter is at cooksley combo and instagram is at the cooksley combo never really advertised or posted for them to get followers and now i think heading towards the end of this season and the beginning of a new season, this is a perfect time to really do that now. So if we can get a hundred followers by the beginning, by the first episode of season four, I will do a giveaway. Uh, The winner will be able to pick any kind of merchandise they want, or they can choose a a PayPal or, or Venmo or some cash. So I was just thinking this is a way I can give back to you guys, show my appreciation and help you out. And it also helps me out because I want to start building an audience on those accounts instead of my personals. Um, Personal was kind of just to get me going and get me started. And now that I've have a, a following, I think it's appropriate to now switch over to just the podcast accounts, kind of separate the two. So If we can get 100 followers on either or both by the first episode of episode four, I'll do a giveaway for you guys. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Bilal, super cool guy, and I will definitely be back next week with episode nine. So take care, stay safe, thank you guys.